you so much. Great to see you here. Great to welcome you into our broadcast as well. Thank you for choosing to watch the ministry that's coming from Destiny Church Wakefield this morning. Our message today is uh, entitled, Greater Love. Greater Love. So if you've got your Bible, you might want to turn to John's Gospel, chapter 15. And we're going to start to read some verses out of this. The verse, the verse that we're focusing on is verse 13. And it says this in John 15, 13. It says, greater love. Say greater love with me. Greater love. There is nothing greater than this sort of love. Greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. It's a well-known verse, but it actually is a verse in quite a long talk that Jesus is having about the vine and uh, the branches and how it is God's desire and his plan that we all live fruitful and purposeful lives. If you are grafted into the vine, the Bible says, you're going to go well, it's going to be all right. If you are severed off from it or not connected to it, then you're in for trouble. Being properly grafted in is important. Bible also talks in these verses about, as, as well about pruning, and sometimes God prunes us. And I've been through a few pruning times. How many of you have been through some pruning times? When God went, no, we don't need this, no, we don't need that. Or in horticultural terms, I've had people come into my garden and say, it looks like a lovely bush, but you'll get no fruit off that. We need to chop it off. And guys who know better than me have then taken secateurs or saws even and hacked by trees and I thought this tree will never live only to find out that next year it have more fruit on it than ever and God has done that in my life a number of times John 15 we're going to go back and just work our way through the, the, the chapter a little bit so let's go to verse 4 Jesus said remain in me and I remain in you and no branch can bear fruit of itself it must remain in the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me the operative word in that verse is remain. Don't cut yourself off. Don't cut yourself off from God. Don't cut yourself off from God's people. Don't cut yourself off from God's church. Remaining because you can't, neither can I, bear fruit all on our own. Verse 5 then says this. If a man remains in me, he will bear much fruit. Hallelujah. That's not a he may or, you know, no, he will. If you want to be fruitful in your life, remain. Say the word remain. 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 It's, it's, remain is a strong word. It's don't, don't wander around all over the place. Remain. Remain and you will bear much fruit. And then it promises also an answer to prayer if we will remain. In verse 7 it says this, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. That's an outrageous promise. And it's a promise that we deal with in our mind by saying, yeah, it doesn't really mean it. No, I want to tell you something. God really means that. He really means it. That when we've got our remaining right, and then it says, and my words remain. So there's not only us remaining in him, but we've got his words remaining in us. This is a two-way street. I remain in him. His words remain in me. When those two things are together... And it's right for me and you, we will ask whatever we wish and it will be given us. Outrageous, but I want to submit to you that it's the truth of the Word of God. And we better, do, we better start doing some believing in the Word of God. And then Jesus declares for His love for us and 
how that remaining in him brings joy. In verse 11 of the same chapter, it says that we're working up towards that proof verse, okay? We're just, I'm going to try to give you some context of where that verse comes in. Verse 11, it says, Jesus said, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you. That's actually the same idea as remaining in you. So that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. See, we so often look for other things to give us our joy. We think more money will give us joy. We think that relationship will give us joy. We think that promotion at work will give us joy. We think that new purchase that we just made will give us joy. I want to tell you, all those things put a smile on our face for a short time. But it's not remaining joy. The remaining joy happens when the remaining God, the remaining words, and us remaining in Him, when we've got that cycle of remaining, all about connection, all about us and God having this connection, this remaining thing going on. It's called relationship, actually. When we've got that in action, then your joy, His joy. That's what He says, listen. It's so that my joy may be in you. Not the joy that that thing or that person or that situation brings, but the joy of the Lord. That's why the Bible says in another place, the joy of the who? Lord will become your strength. Not the joy of the new car or the new house. or the new, It's the joy of the Lord will be in you. But it's not only in you, it strengthens you. Amen. I'm never you know that upset weakens you. Yes. But joy strengthens you. Yes. Yeah? You know, the Bible talks about, you know, we, 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 we understand that we face trouble. But crying lasts for a night time because joy comes in the morning. Hallelujah. And I believe that this is a new morning day. And then he comes into verse 12 and he's really getting to the heart of this, of my message to you today and of his own message. If, if you've got a red letter Bible, I've got a, a red letter Bible here, which means that all the words of Jesus are written in red. So this is partway through his sermon here. In verse 12, it says, my command is this. Now, when Jesus says, my command is this, I think we better take notice. huh? We had uh, five grandchildren staying with us overnight. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. Need I say more? There's a time when grandpops needs to look at his grandkids and say, enough. <laughs> and I didn't need to do it last night. They were absolutely great. And they stayed in bed till 6.30. We were up ahead of them. And uh, it was like, but there are times when God needs to say to us, listen. That's what he's saying here. My command, my command. It's not my suggestion. It's not, this is open to debate. This is, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Isn't it lovely to see, I mean, these are just a few of the many people who have just completed foundations course. We're going to be doing that over the next, next few days. Isn't it lovely to see them and love them and see how God is bringing people from different nations and different backgrounds and different people. You know, the thing that is, I just so much love about Destiny is it's such a family of different sorts of people. We're not, we're not a clicky group where we just love the sort of people that are like us. We're a family of people of different ages, people who are doing different things, come from different nations, over 40 nations in one congregation. And I think, my God, thank you so much. We are learning how to love one another. And then he tells us that we are supposed to love one another as he has loved us. How did Jesus love you? You've got to answer that question sometimes to know how you are supposed to love me and love one another. And then we come to this great verse in 
John 15, 13, when he says, Greater love hath no man than this, than he lays down his life for his friends. Awesome. What a, what a moment. And then the next verse gives us a, a clue as to how that verse, what that verse really means when he says, You are my friends. Yeah. It is you and me that he laid down his life for. When Jesus died on the cross, he had a shopping list. My name was on it. Hey. And so, by the way, so was yours. Yeah, he went shopping. That's what the word redemption, it means that he buys us back from a fruitless life, buys us back, redeems us back from the, the devil thought he got us, but Jesus came and bought us. The devil thought that he, he was in ownership with us, but Jesus came and he redeemed us. He bought us. He purchased us. The Bible says we were purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You are my friends. And then there's an if in the middle of that verse, and, and it comes back again. It says, if you do what I command, which then goes, you've got to jump back the verses then and say, this is my command, that you love one another. You know, if we're going to love God and be loved by God, then the Bible is clearly saying uh, we need to love one, and one another. And Jesus reminds us, actually, that whole process happened not because I chose when I, was a, when I was a little boy to go to church, I chose to put my hand up in a gospel service and say, Jesus, I am choosing to give my life to you. No, Jesus had got me in this. He, he'd been shopping for me. He'd been shopping for you as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we share our testimony, testimony is our story about how we came to faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe you haven't come to faith in Jesus Christ yet, but you can and you, you could today. Yeah. And, it, and, and it, the story goes, Jesus came and found me. The Holy Spirit spoke into my heart. It was his doing. Because the next verse in John 15, 16, it says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Hallelujah. I was chosen by God. So were you. And whether you know it yet or not, Jesus has chosen you. And then I love the, the other part of that verse. It says, and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. He's got an agenda Somebody might have told you you were worthless, but Jesus said you were worth it. Somebody said to you, you'll never make much of yourself, but Jesus said, you know, with his life flowing through you, remaining in him and him remain, I tell you something, the sky is the limit. Somebody might have said, oh, well, you didn't do very well at school. It's okay. There's no kids in here right now. I want to tell the kids work well at school. But for those of us that maybe didn't do so well at school, it's okay because God is with us. And when we remain in him, his life remains in us. And we can still be fruitful in our lives. Because Jesus said, I've appointed you to go and bear much fruit. And fruit that will last. Hallelujah. Now, there's many ways in which we can consider this, this verse. And on Remembrance Day... I think we need to take a moment, and we've already done that in our service, where we say we are remembering those people, those greater love people, who laid down their lives on a national arena. They laid down their lives for us. You know, we're benefiting from that. And we give thanks to people who laid down their lives, sacrifice. They, they gave themselves without, without, without considering. Well, maybe they did consider it, but even when they considered it, they still decided it was worth doing that. Thank God for people, greater love people, who lay down their lives for us, for us in days that have gone by. And then we remembered this morning what he's done. We, what a beautiful song that is we've just sung. And we think about Jesus who did the same for us. He calls us friends in that verse. 
But before we were friends, he laid down his life for us. When he laid down his life for me, I was a sinner. But in his mind, he saw me as his friend. When he laid down his life for me and for you both, we were not with him. We were not there, but he saw beyond our need. He saw beyond where we were. You know, that's a, a great ability, a great skill, a great prophetic place where you don't judge somebody for what you see right in front of you, but you see beyond where they are. That's what God did for you. That's why in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, it says, God demonstrated his love for us in this, that whilst we were still sinners, yeah, whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's greater love, isn't it? He, He didn't wait until I got my life sorted out and I was all shined up and polished and cleaned up and all the rest of it. No, he, even when I was a sinner and you were a sinner, Christ died for us. His love turned us from a sinner into being a friend. The word you love that has been used in all of these verses, and of course there are a number as you well know because you're well taught, you're a well taught church, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. You know that there are lots of different words that are used for love. We only have one in the English really. I mean, we, I suppose we have some different words like like and lust and all those things. But we're talking about the agape love of God. The word agape and used in all of these verses talks about God's love which is sacrificial. We're talking about love that is intentional. Love that is selfless. Love that is actually perfect. Love that is unconditional. That's how God reached out to you. It was a love that reached out to you. When the Bible says, greater love of no man than this that he lay down his friends and Jesus calls you his friend. He's saying that with love, without the condition of you having to become a smarty pants to get his love. No, he loved you a long time before you were a smarty pants. Even when we were sinners, the Bible said, he died for us. See, a lot of people, they go to church today and they'll go through a religious thing. But God isn't looking for a religious thing. He's looking for a relationship thing. And the relationship thing is when we recognize he loved me, I love him. And if his love is inside me, then I'm going to end up loving you with the same love in the same way that he loved me. You see, God's love shouldn't be a little bolt-on extra that we do and say, oh, yes, I need to remember to do some loving. No, let's let God change our hearts. If naturally it doesn't come easy to you to love people who hurt you, offended you, or are not your, your sort, well, let the love of God touch your heart because God wants us to have compassion and grace and love for all people. Yeah. Younger people, older people, this sort, that sort, every sort, because God loves people. Yeah. You know, one of, the, one of the, the phrases as part of our visions from here is is people are precious why because God loves every single one of them God is looking to change our heart and to put something in our heart so that we love people with the same love that Jesus loved him the Bible says and and we're just gonna have a quick look into 1 John chapter 3 and 4 now about what love really is 1 John chapter 3 verse 16 and a bit out of 18 says this is how we know what love is what is that love That Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. That's love. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. And then it says in verse 18, And let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions. And in truth. That's the key. Love isn't a feeling. 
Well, it's probably a feeling, but if it only ever stays as a feeling, then we, we locked love in our hearts. Love is actually something that needs to flow out of us. You know, love causes us to, you know, love, we were talking last, last week about, you know, helping Julia get out and feed the people who are hungry and clothe them because they're, they're cold and all. That's, that's love in action. You know, in all the things that we are doing as a, as a church in so many different ways, it's love in action. What you are doing, even to one another, love needs to be in action. Let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Then in 1 John 4 verse 7 it says, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. So we're, this is telling us now, don't just love with your capacity to love, love with His capacity to love. See, my capacity to love can run out. How many have ever got impatient with somebody? You see, that's when we come to the run out. But when you're loving somebody with the love of the Lord, guess what? You can go the extra mile and the extra mile and the extra mile and the extra mile. Why? Because in the same way that you love people, you will also be loved. Because in what you sow, you will reap. You know, people who go really short... They don't forget, they don't remember the fact that the short that they measure will come back to them as well. So we need to love people with the love of the Lord. In 1 John 4 verse 7, he says, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. That's the key to it. And then in verse 11 of the same chapter, it says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. It's a great chapter on greater love. Say greater love. Well, I want to be a greater love person than you. Yes. I, want to, I want to be like, I, I'm not there. You know, that, that I, there are times when God sits me down in his school classroom and says, now Ian, you listen to this. You need. I'm remembering the words of my mother sometimes in the early days of my ministry when she, this phrase about people are precious, that's where that came from. And it's like God still has to put me in his schoolroom and t- teach me about something. And I say, oh God, let, let the love of God be shed abroad in our our hearts. Bond, uh, that same chapter, verse 19 says, we love because he first loved us. And then in verse 20, it says, for anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not seen. It's like, hang on a minute, that is not fair. I don't want to love my brother who I've seen because I've seen his faults. Yeah? You know, I know, you don't know what I know about him or about her. Well, listen, I want to tell you something. When God loved him or her, he knew it all and still loved them. And God is calling us and saying, for anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God who he has not seen. Greater love reaches out to people who we don't necessarily like. In verse 21 it says, and he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Hallelujah. See, greater love. We've got to come back to the heart. Let's not just pass over a verse like that and say, oh yeah, well that refers back to the war. Actually, it wasn't referring to the war. We've extended it to do that. But this is now Jesus saying, you are my friends because he loved us. And by the way, when the love of God is in our hearts, this is the way that we will be with one another. The last verses that I want to share with you this morning are, of course, out of 1 Corinthians 13. Because if we're going to ask ourselves, how are we going to love one another well we're going to do it with the verses of 1 Corinthians 13 because it says love is right now we can come up you can come up I can come up with I'd really like to rewrite this wouldn't you make it a bit more convenient 
It would be easier if 1 Corinthians 13 was not there. You know, I, I could do a better job. I will love you if you're nice to me. I'll love you if you don't say that about me anymore. I'll love you if you don't hurt me. I'll love you if you, if you, and it's always about if they, if they don't do. But actually, this is the way that God says what love is. Number one, love is patient. In other words, don't give up. Love never gives up. Rachel's been very patient with me. Amen. Amen, she says. <laughs> For, 40, <clears throat> 43 odd years or more later. Um, and I've been very patient with her Amen. for very different reasons. I think I'm harder to live with than she is. But then that's another story. The love of God is in you. Hallelujah. And, and we love is patient. And then love is kind. Or if you want to know how, what that means, just turn it around. Love is not cruel. And then what about this? Love does not envy. Or in other words, it doesn't compare you with me or you with somebody else. And you look at them and you think like, ooh, love, love does not envy. Love does not boast. <clears throat> love does not brag. It doesn't boast. You know, sometimes people who do a little bit of something for somebody say, oh, you know, well, I, yeah, I was helping them yesterday. And it's like, you don't need to brag on that. No. Because we do it as unto the Lord, who sees every kindness, every love, every generosity that, that you do. He sees that. And then he says, love is not proud. Uh, that doesn't, you know, the pride thing is I'm better than them. I love you because you're down here somewhere. You know, you're beneath me. I love you condescendingly. No, no, love reaches out to people equally because there but for the grace of God goes me. And love is not rude <clears throat> in the way that we act, in the way that we talk, in the way that we are. It's not, it's not rude. Love is not self-seeking because love is actually not about me. If I talk to you about I love my wife, it's because I'm not saying, well, if I love her, she'll look after me. No, it's, it's all about her. You remember that love is about the person that you're showing love to, not about you. It's about not being self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. You know, love stays calm. Even when something doesn't quite go your way, rather than flying off the handle, love stays calm. I'm going to love you with the love of the Lord. And then it says that love keeps... No record of wrongs. It doesn't keep bringing up yesterday. You know, there's a time to put some stuff from yesterday into a, into a box and bury it, like Jesus did with your sin and my sin, Amen. and choose never to remember it against us anymore. That's Bible love. That's, that's greater love. And then it says, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It's funny, isn't it, how we can not find something good to say about somebody but when there's something bad to say whoa yes where we become articulate in telling the story about somebody's problems but love doesn't delight in evil it rejoices with the truth love always protects love doesn't bring somebody out trip them up when they're vulnerable it protects love always trusts which has got to do with believing even people who've made big mistakes maybe People around you, you know, believe, believe, keep trusting because we're, we've got a patient sort of faith and hope. Love always hopes, it believes the best. Aren't you glad that God found himself to be like that for you and for me? You know, when I look at my life, I think, oh God, thank you that your love has 
trusted me, it's hopeful for me. Love always perseveres, which is a bit like being patient, but it never gives up. And, and the final part of that verse, it says this, love never fails. Oh, hallelujah. A little love is when you love your family and those that are around you and the people of your set, but you don't love your foes. No love is when you only love yourself. But greater love is when we love like Jesus loves. And he reached out to you and me and everybody and he's reaching out and now he's trusted us. He's trusted you where you are in your family. He's trusting us as a church to reach out to this city, to this community with the love of Jesus. Perhaps we'll never be asked to spill our blood on the battlefields of life like some have. But you know, God is still calling us to reach out in love to the people that are around you. God wants to touch your heart. He wants to touch my heart. He wants to do a new work in our hearts so that, you know, you, know, you might not really be enjoying listening to this message. That's okay. Don't shoot me. It's the word of God where the Bible says, you know, this is what we're supposed to do. In fact, he was strong about it. Do you remember in the early verse, my command is that we, if we're going to have greater love, then we, greater love doesn't put people down. Greater love gives people a new day. Greater love isn't about me, it's about bringing other people through. Greater love isn't about being mean-spirited. Greater love is about being full of grace and mercy. It's, it's about, uh, you know, the difference that you can make with people. You Maybe you work by the side of some of them. Tomorrow, go and show them some greater love. Maybe there's somebody that you're living right next door to, a neighbor who just needs somebody like you to go and have greater love, to lay down. Maybe you're not laying your life down like a soldier in the war, but you're going to lay down a half an hour to go and talk to them. Maybe you're going to lay down some time to go and buy them or bake them a cake. In our family, I would buy, she would bake. Because it wouldn't be a blessing for me to bake. But you find something to bless somebody with. You find somebody to help, to be able to go to somebody and say, how, how are you doing that? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you. I just thought I'd come and help you with... Great, greater love reaches out. Greater love goes and helps because we are then representing the love of Jesus. I believe right now God wants to touch people's hearts. He wants to lift you up. He wants to turn you around. He wants to turn our church around. He wants to do something in our lives that makes us that church that shares the love of Jesus in our community, in the society in which we're living, in the city of Wakefield, in the county of Yorkshire, through this nation and to the nations of the world, that we want to be greater love people. That is a hymn that is very often sung at times like this, this remembrance. And it says, abide with me and I don't know that we've ever sung this hymn actually in church before but we we're gonna sing a couple of verses right now and we're asking God to abide in us but I, when you do that I'm asking us to think about abiding in him it's the thought of remain in me it's the thought of remaining in Christ and him remaining in me because when the when he does remain in you I want to tell you something you become that person with greater love. Amen. Hallelujah. I always wanted to be the, the people of destiny of greater love for one another in the house and greater love for people outside the house. That we take 1 Corinthians 13 and we're saying we're going to be those people of grace and patience and kindness and not keeping records of wrongs and giving people hope of a new day. That, that's the love of God, isn't it? 
Hallelujah. Come on, let's stand together. As we sing it, if God has been speaking to your heart in this message, I want you to say to God right now, touch me. Touch my heart. Change my heart. Let the love of God be shed abroad in my heart. And God's going to do some changing today. He's going to touch you. Send you out into the world. Send you out into the church even to go and show some greater love. Come on, let's sing this together.